Welcome to Conversations, a podcast featuring conversations about life, theology, scripture, church, and everything in between. Hosted by Genesis Church in Mexico, Missouri. Find out more at www.genesisbegins.com. Welcome to Conversations. I'm Jeff Stott, pastor at Genesis Church in Mexico, Missouri, and I have with me Billy Johnson, one of the elders uh, at the church. Uh, go ahead and say hi. Hello. So Hello, everybody. So everybody knows you're there? Yeah. All right, so we are in a series of discussions about making disciples, and last time we answered three questions. We, uh, we basically looked at Matthew 28 that says, go and make disciples, but we, we focused in on the questions, what is a disciple? What does it mean to make disciples? And what does it mean to go and make disciples? Because Jesus said, go and make disciples. So, And we unpacked that phrase uh, in detail in our last podcast. So if you missed it, go back to it. It's, it's about an hour long. Uh, I think it would be uh, interesting and helpful for you if you're interested in this concept of going and making disciples. So now today... We're still going to be talking about making disciples, but we're going to lay a foundation or begin laying a foundation on the five stages of spiritual growth. So on my blog site at truthappliedjs.com, there is a chart called the five stages of growth. You can check out that lays out a foundation for each one of these stages. Um, And again, we're not going to look at all five today. We're just going to get started with it. Um, So... With these five stages, oh, before we get going here, Bill, you want to add anything before I'm going to, because oh, I want to introduce all five stages, sure. and then we're going to just talk about, I think, the first what, one or two, I, I don't remember what we decided, but anyway, we'll go as far as we can. Yeah. Uh, so you, you think you want to add before I introduce all five? No. So I, uh, you know, uh, as usual, I, I appreciate the opportunity to get on here, and, and uh, I really enjoy being part of this podcast. And I'll be honest with you, these uh Going to making disciples and the discipleship process is something that's very near and dear to my heart. And I am excited that we are going to be kind of laying this foundation of, of spiritual growth and, and kind of where folks are at. And, and, you know, one thing that I want the listeners to uh, think about is, is as we discuss this, man, these five stages of spiritual growth aren't to pigeonhole people into one specific area it just uh it is a useful tool and you will find a lot of grace in these uh in the information here so man if you listen up you'll see god talking in this stuff and uh you know just uh this this is just a tool for us to use as we kind of move forward to make disciples yeah and we'll we'll get into how we use these five stages uh when we're identifying people here in a minute but i use this all the time yeah like even it I've been using it so long now that it, it's actually subconsciously, you know, it's kind of like driving a car. You just do certain things. Sure. You know, and so, <clears throat> um, um, and I find it extremely helpful when I'm preaching or counseling or just having a discussion about anything because it just helps me to kind of understand where people are starting from mm-hmm. at their maturity level, sure. spiritual maturity level. Rather than where I want them to be. So, all right. So, okay. So, if this is all new to you, uh, I'm just going to give you, a, a really, in a nutshell, the five stages of spiritual growth, and then we're going to start unpacking them over the next couple of uh, podcasts. So, stage one is called the spiritually dead uh, 
person that now uh, the, I, I also call this person the seeker. Uh, they are not a follower of Jesus and they can range from being hostile to Christ to very interested in him. But I call them the seeker because everybody's seeking something. They may be in another religion. They may, they may be trying to find meaning in life through just, you know, power, pleasure, prestige, all that stuff. You know sure, what I'm saying? Sure. And, but they're seeking something, you know what I'm saying? But they're spiritually dead. They're lost. You know, for, as, from a Christian's perspective, you know, they're not saved. They're not born again. You know, they need to get saved. They need to get born again, that kind of thing, okay? But again, they can, it can range all the way from hostile to Christ, being hostile to Christ to uh, being very interested in him. And you find these folks in your church, and you'll find them at work, and you'll find them everywhere. So uh, they're spiritually dead. And some are nice. And some oh, yeah. Are, and some are mean. Absolutely. In between, okay? So they're just spiritually dead. So, you know, just because somebody's not saved doesn't make them the devil. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> sure. Yeah, okay. Sure. All right. All right so, <clears throat> but all right, spiritually dead. Um, by the way, you have, you know, if you're, if you got a family and you're in a family unit, like in your house, uh, you have, if you probably have some spiritually dead people in your house, you might be married to one, you know, they're just not, they're not a Christian. They're not a follower of Jesus. So, all right. Uh, but you love them and you like them. And so, uh, spiritually dead, that's stage one. Stage two is spiritual infant. Now, this person is someone who was spiritually dead. They place their faith in Christ. They become a believer. And I call this person the believer. So stage one is the seeker. Stage two is the believer, the spiritual infant. So for the spiritual infant, everything is new. They don't know how to pray. They don't know how to really read the Bible. They aren't sure how to apply God's word, etc. I mean, you know, they must be spoon-fed God's truth. But however, they are very messy spiritually. Okay, so oh, yeah. so Paul calls identifies them in First Corinthians three these babes in Christ, uh, these infants in Christ, and uh, he identifies them as very worldly. A lot of times, you're not even a spiritual infant can be so worldly. I mean, they're saved, but they're still got a lot of grave clothes on them. Mm-hmm. You know that that you still you may think they're dead. They're oh, still sure. spiritually dead. Sure. You know, it's like, boy, I don't know. It takes a few minutes to yeah, figure it out. Yeah, you got to really yeah. kind of dig a little bit for some of them. You know sure. what I'm saying? And so, uh, <clears throat> you know, if they're born again, it's like, man, they're just, they're still, they just came out of the womb, man. I mean, yeah. they're still a little messy. Okay? Well, and, so. and that's the thing. That's that's the visual I was thinking about. You know, every cute little baby is born <laughs> as this. Hey, okay. Just, I mean, they're, about, they're not cute. No, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pastor. Yeah. I've got four biological kids, two adopted kids. And I want to tell you up front, I've been to a lot of like hospitals where people have, as a pastor, given babies, you know, give birth to babies. I'm seeing, I want to tell you, brand new babies aren't cute. They're not. I know that I'm going to get hate mail on yep, that. Yep. But I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm going, something ain't right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But now, give it a few weeks. It's like, oh, that—that's adorable. Well, even give it a few hours. Yeah, a few hours. Give it a yeah. bath. Yeah, give yeah. it a bath. Let that color kind of even out. Let yeah. the head get reshaped. Sure. You know, let, let it the, ease on into yeah, life. Let, let the eyes open up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I don't. That's uh, women are listening to this thing. And oh, bro, a bunch of men. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, but you have the spiritual infant, and we'll talk more about that. And again, you encounter these at church, at work, in ministry. You know, at school. You get. You know. Anyway, so you got spiritual. Day, a spiritual infant, spiritual infant is, is saved, but they're still very worldly and messy. Stage three, as they grow, they become a spiritual child, and I call this stage the learner. 
this is at this level they understand the basics uh, they are able to feed themselves spiritually. You know, they can clothe themselves spiritually. Um, you know, they, you know, they they can talk the language. They're starting to figure out how to pray. They, they can, you know, read the Bible. I mean, they're not deep with it, but they're growing. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Sure. All right. So, uh, you know, they know if they know how to do the Christian mathematics. You know, they, you know, they, you know, they got it. They've got a few grades under them if you will they're learning they're learning and they're curious uh but their but their big struggle though is even though they're learning they're still very self-centered mm-hmm. okay life is really about them oh yeah okay their and faith that the, the whole church experience really is just about them at that point yeah and what can the church do what can the ch- you- yeah what can god do for me what can the church do for me why aren't you helping me you know they're still very Selfish in a lot of ways. You know, and, and I often, so I, I I think about this from time to time, but, you know, I, so in, you know, what we were just talking about when babies are born, they start out being completely helpless, right? And, and everything in their lives off the jump is just all about them and making sure they're fed, clothed, and protected, right? So there's almost this natural built-in self-centeredness to a, to a small child, and, and it seems like we spend their entire lives trying to work that out of them, right? And, you know, so in the in the same vein, you know, when we become spiritual children, you know, we kind of follow the same path that we do naturally just with childbirth and those sorts of things. Right. So, you know, if, if we have the ability to kind of put those two things together and think about it in those terms, you know, I talked earlier that there's a lot of grace built into the understanding of these different stages. If we're able to look at a spiritual child and kind of look at them under those, under that, under the guise of that thought process, then it makes it a lot easier for us to accept some of their self-centeredness and just know that that's just kind of where they're at. That's part of their growth period. So that goes back to the grace that's built into the understanding of this. You know, it's, it's much easier to look at someone and say, okay, I have a better understanding of where they're at. Yeah. So let me not get so frustrated with their self-centeredness in this area or that. Yeah, well, think about it. You know, uh, we'll get more into this later, but like the spiritually dead person, if you know that they're lost, you know, well, you're going to have a lot more grace with that when they don't. I mean, so, 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 okay, I'm not, okay, I'm not God's police officer. Right. I don't go around policing people spiritually. Me either. Okay. So one of the things that, you know, bothers me that I hear a lot is when, you know, people are using Jesus name in vain, God's sure. name. In vain. It's just an explanation. They is usually in some form of a curse phrase or something. And, um, you know, I'm not going, Hey, stop that. You know what I'm saying? This is the God's police. You're under arrest spiritually. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Here's your citation. <laughs> Here's your citation. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but, uh, um, but however, if I'm with someone who is lost and, and they're doing that, my, my, it's like, to me, you know, they're blind. And so and I, and the phrase I use a lot is that, you know, you don't criticize a blind man for being blind. Yeah. Okay. That is so true. Yeah. So, and I, you know, and I just have to remind myself, okay, they're, they're, they're blind. They don't, they, they don't love Jesus yet. They don't or they don't even believe God exists or whatever, or they sure. have some weird view of God that he's mean and he lets bad things happen or he causes bad things and, you know, and God's a crutch and all that stuff. And so that's just where they're at. Right. And, I, you know, and um, I've seen Christians who get offended 
when other people don't believe mm-hmm. like them. Yes. Okay, so it's like, again, let's go back to the blind man. He'll, okay, you're offended that the blind man can't see what you see. Mm-hmm. Well, it, I mean, it, that, that makes no sense, you know. Well, when I first yeah. took off, and, you know, my, my story obviously is full of ups and downs and all that stuff. But, man, when I first took took off and, and you know, really started following God and, and, and really just loving loving this this whole God thing, if you will, you know, in the in the early stages, man, I was on fire, excited, and this and that. And yeah, I recall looking at other people and going, you know, people spiritually dead and going, man, and being upset because I would tell them just how awesome things were in my life, and they wouldn't buy it, if you will. Yeah. And I'm going, and I would get offended and upset. So you know, that was just my. It was ironic that lost guy used to be you. Literally, maybe two weeks prior to that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I was I was so unaware of oh, these stages. I mean, it just really spoke to. Yeah. Well, and, you know, we talk about the grace. You know, I needed it too. Yeah. Lord knows. I mean, yeah. I was I was a spiritual child, <laughs> spiritual infant, all those things, man. And, and you know, and I yeah. I would get offended at people that wouldn't take this wonderful gift that I was offering. Right. Let me offer up this information. Man, why won't you believe me? It's yeah. like, it's not about me, but whatever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all right, so if the spiritual child keeps growing, all right, uh, we're going to move in. They'll, they will move into this, what we call the spiritual young adult. Uh, this is what I call the server. Uh, so the spiritual young, young adult is like a spiritual child, but because they can, they can definitely now they feed themselves spiritually. They they're, they're comfortable praying. Um, they kind of kind of have an understanding of God's will. I mean, they're they're a little bit deeper in the Word of God. They're more mature with some things. But the the significant difference between a spiritual child and a spiritual young adult uh, is that the spiritual young adult is now other-centered. They've switched. Sure. They, they've moved from their world being three feet wide, and they understand the value and the necessity, and they're okay with uh, sacrificing a lot of things on their end for someone else. So this is the person you'll find. They're, they're going to they're gonna want to serve. They're going to think about blessing others. They're going to start thinking about going on mission trips or helping somebody and, I mean, and volunteering their time and on and on it goes. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they've kind of got to this point. And they're not doing it because they're a nice person. They're doing it because they, want, they, they genuinely are starting to care about others and they want to represent Christ well. And they're, they're, they are thinking about building bridges now into others' relationships, in other relationships, in order for the possibility of sharing Christ with them. Sure. Or at least pointing them to Jesus and making an influence for the kingdom of God. That's how they're starting to think. And so uh, that, and that's, a, that's a huge shift. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, the first three, you see that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, now, you know, I don't know what the percentage is. At, you know, only God knows. But if you were to put a percentage of, say, the people on the planet, let's just say a th- let's take a thousand people. Let's keep sure. it simple, right? No, let's make it easier. Let's say a hundred people. <laughs> you take a hundred people out of the hundred people. You know how many of them are spiritually dead? Well, I'm going to say the majority. Sure, because the Bible says most people are. Okay, so and we'll just say fifty percent. Okay, don't know. okay, say fifty percent. Um, and then if you put a percentage on the spiritual infant, I'm going to say. That is probably going to be, I'm going to go 30%. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would. 
So what we're saying is 30% of 50, thir, now out of that 50%, at least 30% of believers are spiritual infants. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then you step into the learner stage three. Well, it might be 20%, uh, uh, 10, say, wait, wait, 30%. So say it's 10%. <laughs> I thought you said it was going to be easy. Yeah, yeah. It be easy. Now <laughs> you're talking, if 10% are the uh, learner, yeah. You see what's happening here? Oh, yeah. There's well, not much room left. There's not much. We've got 10% left. So now all of a sudden we got two more stages. Well, I'm going to say on the server, you're probably going to have about 7 or 8%. Mm-hmm. Because once you get to the spiritual parent, there's not a whole lot there. Right. And you'll see why in a minute. Mm-hmm. But uh, spiritual young adult, is the, they're, they're the one to serve. So like even in a church, they say 20% of the people do 8% of the work. Oh, no doubt. Okay. Yeah. You just look at the volunteer, how many folks are connected to your church, and look at how many people actually volunteer. Sure. You know, the percentage is probably going to be about 20%, mm-hmm. you know, give or take. So, uh, well, okay. So, if they keep growing, if the spiritual young adult is now who's a server, they're feeding themselves, they're, they're, man, they're loving Jesus and all that stuff, they love people, and they want to bless people. Well, if they continue to grow, then the Bible... Uh, moves them into a, a thing called the spiritual parent, which I call the leader. So here's now here's the difference between a spiritual young adult who's a servant and a spiritual parent who's a leader. And that is the spiritual parent understands the five stages of spiritual growth and knows how to take different spiritually, the different spiritual stages and move them from point A to point B. Yeah. They think like a parent. Yes. What does this child need to move and grow and be healthy and be successful? They think like that, and they begin to invest in others to help them. They become intentional in their growth. They they are thinking about helping that person grow, not just bless them. Sure. Okay, that's different. Mm-hmm. Not just serve them. Okay, no, they're they're investing in that individual for a period of time to help them move up the stages so that they can become a healthy parent, a spiritual parent themselves of helping other Christians grow. Now, let me ask you a quick question for the people listening. They may, this may be on their mind. Uh Uh, Is there, okay. So is there, I'm going to say, you know, from the, from the spiritual child, young adult and parent, is there a chance or is there a possibility that people may feel like, that they're in different stages. Like, so for the, for the listeners thinking about themselves personally and trying to figure out where they fall, is there a chance that they can fall in more than one category and at different spots of their spiritual life? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So, and also you can sort of flip flop back and forth. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, there, there have been folks who were spiritual parents who for whatever reason, just drop back down to what, as a spiritual child. Sure. Very self-centered, not really serving people anymore. Something happened. Something happened. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, old timers would call this, they, they backslid. Backslid. You yep, know what I'm saying? That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they backslid. So, uh, so it's not like, I, I mean, in some way, okay. In some ways it's sort of, okay. This, okay. <clears throat> when I was in school, mm-hmm. I had to have I had to have this course twice. Now, I don't know why I need to have it twice. Now because I flunked it. <laughs> it's, they I had to have it at, at the at the, the college level, and then I had uh, the bachelor's level. Then I had to have it at the master's level, right? Same textbook. 
exact same time. It's called Lifespan Development. Okay. Okay. And it's about how people grow. Now, I don't mean spiritually, just how people grow. Sure. Excellent book. Matter of fact, I still got it. Mm-hmm. So I got both of them, actually, because they require you to buy, because they updated it the second time. Of author. course. Right, right. So, uh, but one of the things that uh, they highlight, and then, of course, we were reading it for purposes of ministry and how to deal with people in your you know, church and ministry, that kind of stuff, and in different stages of life, you know, mm-hmm. lifespan development. <clears throat> and so, and how people learn and all that stuff. So anyway... But the thing is, is that, you know, you, 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 as you go through the book, they start with like infants and they work it all the way up to the senior adults. And I mean like upper senior adults, right? Sure. And by the time you get to the end of this, uh, this textbook, uh, the, the end of the book is very similar to the first part of the book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it has to do with like dementia, Parkinson's, and just getting older. And the upper end senior adults begin to think a lot like children. They become they become selfish again. Mm-hmm. They start whining a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. And so I'm not saying all, but just generally speaking, relationship science stuff, you know, when the people who study, you know, human behavior, um, that is a common denominator among the older senior adults, the upper senior adults. And... Um, and all, it usually has some kind of factor because their brain's starting to rewire or not connect, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of physical things happening. And so, I think in some in the spirit, if you can connect that to spiritual growth and development, I do think there are times where there are Christians who have, if I can say this, they have a spiritual stroke. Right. Something happens mm-hmm. that causes them to back up. You know what sure. I'm saying? Sure. Sure. And they're no longer thinking like they used to think, you know what I'm saying, even two years ago. And man, there could be a million reasons why that exists. Right. And a spiritual stroke can take the form of a death, of a divorce, you know what I'm saying, a health crisis. Yeah. Something that they were not in control of and not ready for, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and it and it messes them up somehow. Sure. And, and so they start doubting a lot of things and they, you know, that kind of thing. So, I mean, there's a... That's probably a little more information, a little more detail on the five stages. That <laughs> no, because it, it's it's. It, I don't want to overcomplicate it, but you know, uh, this is very just this a simple tool. You know, what I'm saying sure, that, that sure. people can use. But yeah, you can backslide on this thing. You can go backwards, forwards, and there can be one area where you feel like you're very like a spiritual young adult in right, and then there's another area of your life you're, you know, I mean, for example, there are some people who I think. They are great at volunteering, man. They're good. You oh, know, yeah. They, they go on mission trips. They volunteer. They sacrifice their time. But they are as greedy financially as all get out. Sure. Okay. Sure. Well, and, and They I, just haven't matured in that, that particular slice of their area on right. the money side. Well, and I think it's important for the listeners, uh, you know, because, I mean, just it's, it's going to happen as they listen to these five stages of growth. You know, there's this, there's this impulse to figure out where you fit in those. Right. And for the listener, I just, hey, you know, find your general area, but let's not break this thing down to the specific minutia that you're made of because humans are complicated. They so, are. you know, so yeah. I, I just want the listener to be aware, like, yes, 
it is good while you're learning this tool to utilize it and maybe reflect on where you're at in some areas, but don't try to pigeonhole yourself so sharply and, and neatly into a single box yeah. because we're humans and we are messy through all the stages. Yeah. And there are people who grow at different speeds. Absolutely. And okay. some sometimes people will lay in one of these stages for a long time. Right. And then sometimes there, there may be another stage that they just blast right through, Yeah, you yeah. know, and, and it just becomes natural. You know, a lot of that has to do with their personality and a lot of other things. So right. as the listener is listening to this and looking at other people, I want them to stop and, and just, Keep in mind, just we're messy. We're not going to fit perfectly into one of these stages no, all the not. time. No. So just keep that in mind as we move forward. Yeah. Th- again, I like the word. This is a tool. Yes. You know, this is a, this is, and, and, and we're, as we get into this, we're going to get into some scripture stuff, but anyway, this is, this is not something you came up with, or I just came right. up with, or I mean, this, this stuff has been around in various versions for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and for some reason, very few Christians know about <laughs> the stages of spiritual growth that's sure. in the Bible right. that Paul himself refers to on a regular basis. I could tell you, I had no idea. Yeah. I had no yeah. idea. And, and we'll say, you know, again, we'll, we'll, we'll unpack the scriptures and stuff on this. All right. So here's what we're going to do now. Uh, we've already done this a little bit, but I do want to specifically address before we get into each stage, uh, why is knowing the five stages of spiritual growth important? How do I use this? Why do I need to know this? You know what I'm saying? Right. What do I do with it? So, uh, well, we've already mentioned this. It helps us start, uh, well, I'm going to say, first of all, I'm going to say it helps us start where we are. Because no you doubt. mentioned about identifying yourself. Yep. So here's what's going to happen as we go through this. If you listen to all the podcasts on the spiritual stages of growth, what's going to happen is you're going to find yourself, oh, I sound more like say stage three sure than the others i mean you're probably going to hear a little bit about yourself and some of the two or three of these mm-hmm. uh because what i think really this is just my observation so if you're in stage three you probably have a little bit if, you, if you're growing and you're in stage three right you're probably gonna hear a little bit of stage two in you mm-hmm. if you're honest yeah and, and maybe even stage four sure you know so because you know again we're fluid and we're kind of you know, some days we're a lot more like Christ than others. You no know doubt. I, okay. Yep, yep. All right. And, you know, sometimes we're not. And, you know, so we, but, but you'll find yourself kind of, you'll, you'll pick up on where you are. So it helps you to say, okay, this is where I'm at. So what do I need to grow? Yeah. You know, you'll know what you need if you want to create your own personal growth uh, plan, if you will. Uh, it also helps us understand where others are, which we've already mentioned that. Uh, I mean, think about using this as a parent. Okay. So, you know, you got kids, say if you got three or four kids in your home, they're all at different ages. Let's just put aside their age and let's look at them spiritually. Mm-hmm. You got two kids that are Christians or two that aren't. Well, okay. Actually now, uh, that changes how you actually Talk to them and parent them a little yes, bit. Yes, I agree. Because one's going to respond to, uh, got a couple of them. The word might mean something. The Bible might mean something to them. Mm-hmm. And to them, they could care less. Mm-hmm. So, and even Paul, by the way, Apostle Paul, he 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 took that into account. Uh, there are times where if you ever look at how Paul addressed lost people mm-hmm. in the Bible, there are times where he would say, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He would start with, like Old Testament stuff. Yeah. 
Well, he's talking to religious people mm-hmm. who know the Bible, like the Pharisees or the Hebrews or something of that nature. Well, then if he's talking to like a bunch of Gentiles, which would be like us, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, in other words, people who weren't raised in church, if you will, yeah. don't know the Bible, he would say, I want to talk to you about this unknown God that had yeah. a statue for this unknown God. He would start there. He didn't start with the Bible. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, to get their attention and to help them understand, I think, so as a parent, you know, if you got four kids, two are saved, two aren't, you know, how, how you spiritually parent them is yes. going to take a little, it's going to take, it's going to sound different. Man, I wish I would have known that. Yeah. You know, just, it, you know, so both my kids were, you know, saved when they were at an early age. But the truth is, is that <clears throat> had I known had I had I known more about the spiritual stages of growth, and just applied those both spiritually and to their age, right? Man, I there, there would have been so much more grace available to them from me. You well, know, it's it's such a, you know, obviously every parent I think looks back and says, man, if I if, I wish I would have done this or wish I would have done that, but but the truth is, is we've got these tools in front of us. Yeah, you yeah, know? And, yeah. And oh, here's the deal. Okay, let's say you're that parent. Okay, and you know about the spiritual stages of growth? Well, mm-hmm. let's talk about the two Christians real quick. Right. you got two kids that are Christians. Okay, let's say they're both 15 years old. Yeah. All right, but one's already uh, showing signs of being a spiritual young adult. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're serving. I mean, they're going to, they, they're not, you don't have to make them go on mission trips. You don't have to make them bless others. They come up to you and say, hey, Dad, can we bless this person? You know, yeah. really, I mean, that's how they think. Mm-hmm. And you're just blown away. You're thinking, who is this kid? All right, so anyway. Didn't you have an example like that <laughs> uh, with... Uh, like a coat or something like that. Oh yeah, Natalie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, how incredible right. is yeah, that? Cool. Anyway, yeah, sorry, yeah, that okay. just popped in my head. Right. Yeah. So anyway, I don't want to make you cry on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, no, it's just terrible. <laughs> yeah, no, just I, I'm I'm blessed. So <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. So anyway, um, the you got these two kids. They're both 15 and they're both Christians, but one is say spiritual young adult in mm-hmm. their approach as a 15 year old, and then but you got one who's a spiritual infant, right? Who still are saved, but they're very worldly and self-centered, and, and very else. self-centered, yeah. very messy. They're a high-maintenance mm-hmm. Christian kid, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, but you got one who's not a high-maintenance because they've already moved through all that, and they're pretty much have made some decisions early in life, yeah, that are healthy. Uh, and they are doing it for the. They're thinking about God and how they. I mean, just now how you're gonna how you parent them is gonna be completely different. Yes. So that's, this is how the stages come in. So now let's take that and let's apply it to the people you work with. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how you how you talk about Jesus, how you talk about the Bible, how you are an example in front of them, how you witness it all changes. It absolutely does. It literally, almost. You know, in my in my world, uh, minute to minute, it changes. You know, right. because I, I see a lot of different people and and supervise you know several different people who are at different stages and all that. And I find myself kind of having to change uniform or change my costume depending on who I'm talking to. And, and, you know, and I'm just so thankful for that awareness, you know, but it's, it's really neat, uh, you know, to have your deeper conversations with spiritual young adults, spiritual parents, those sorts of things, but then watch other people who may be spiritual infants get excited about it and how you have to kind of change your language or, or like you said, you know, the way you act and right. and those sorts of things. Man, it's uh, it's just really neat to interact with all kinds of different folks at different levels. Well, now, okay, so you can see, so I think the listener can see how 
this can impact a lot of impact a lot oh, of things. Oh man, everything. Okay. Yeah, right. How you see individuals. Mm-hmm. Well, do you take all right now? Take the five spiritual growth stages, apply them to a group of people. Wow. <laughs> yeah. All right now, let's say uh, let's say you for those who are listening, you lead a life group or a Sunday school class. Yeah. All right. So now let's define, let's describe your group. As a group, not individuals, but as a group, how would you, what stage is, is that group in? Sure. Okay? Yes. So now you know what your group needs. Are they spiritual infants? You know what I'm saying? Well, that tells you how you're going to teach. That influences how you're going to teach. That influences how deep you're going to go, how complicated yeah. it's going to be, what you're going to dress, what you're not going to dress. Uh, see, here, okay, I'm a pastor, and here's where I think pastors make a huge mistake. They are not, a lot of pastors, they, they were seminary trained like me. Yeah. Okay. But what happened is they come out of seminary and they need to impress how smart, they, impress people how smart they are. Yep. Okay. I can try to impress people how smart I am, <laughs> but it's not going to work. Yeah. I still like South Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, I, that I, is true. I mess up words. My wife is one of the You make up your own I words. I make up my own words. Yeah. Okay. Ever how? Is that, a, I, I, you is, know, that is that what you say? What is it? I, I, don't, I don't know. Ever how you want to do it? Ever how it's you like, want to do it? What's what, ever how? how? <laughs> what's I, how? I looked that up in Webster's. I didn't see that. <laughs> well, you know, when you get a doctor's degree, you can make new words. That's, Absolutely. That's all I tell people. You just need to send it in and have them Yeah, I see. The, ever how. This is, a, <laughs> yeah. this is a new word that needs yeah. to be in the dictionary. Yeah. You know, hey, ain't made it in it. Okay. It sure did. All right. I'm just saying. Yeah. And my mama told me, ain't no, ain't no word. Said, uh, ain't, it's ain't in the no dictionary. Word. Right. Okay. It's in the dictionary. All right. All right. But the new phrase is if I say a, if I say a word and it's not a word, it's like, like my wife corrects me. I go, uh, did it just come out of my mouth? Because <laughs> that's how words start. Well, I'll tell you, if, if that's, if that's uh, the standard, then I'm looking, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I make up easy. all kinds of stuff. Uh, absolutely. All the time. All right. So anyway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, it, it, so you you were just talking about, about pastors. groups and, yeah, groups, and stuff right, like right. that. Yeah. So like pastors, what, where, here's what they do. They come out of seminary and what they'll do is they will teach. And preach from the pulpit, but what they're doing is they are teaching their seminary class mm-hmm. because they, they want people to be educated, but they start with him at a master's level sermon, if you will, but the congregation is in third grade. Jeff, what I can tell you is, is if you started <laughs> seminary level, yeah. you would have looked out into the crowd. You would have seen me with a drool running down my chin <laughs> yeah. I, with just a, a blank stare in my eyes. Right. Would not have worked. And I do not think that it works. You know, we just talked about the, uh, you know, we were just anecdotally talking right. about the, uh, you know, kind of the percentages of lost people. And, right. and look, if you start talking seminary level stuff to a congregation you are alienating a huge portion of that congregation oh absolutely you know and I, i'm just yeah i'm yeah. very thankful for the pastors that that understand that and and start where their people are starting yeah and and uh, as the pastors who may be listening to this now hear me out you can talk about seminary stuff oh no doubt but you got to bring it down to the street yep Okay. That's exactly right, Jeff. Yeah. And so um, I remember one time I was, okay, so I used to teach at a Bible college years, a few years ago when I was in Alabama. And uh, as part of my 
side gig. You know, <laughs> yeah. there was a Bible college there, and the guy who ran it, he knew me, and he said, "Hey, would you be interested in teaching a few classes?" I said, uh, "Yeah, let me. I'll give it a shot. Like one a semester. I mean, sure. I, was, I was busy. I just thought I'll do one." And so, um, so I was uh, teaching these classes. Well, he he approached me. He said, "Hey, we're wanting to. We have an academic journal. We'd like for you to write for it." Hmm. They said, would you mind writing like an article on so-and-so, whatever. I don't even remember what he asked me to write on. Yeah. And something that was in my, my field. And so, uh, I, and I told him no. Okay. Because I hate writing academic journals. Why is that? Uh, it sounds like a lab report. Because, <laughs> and he, specific, he said, hey, I want you to, he said, and he said, he said, if you agree to write, he said, I want you to write for other professors. Oh, this, the, that could be journal is for other professors. That's who reads it. And that's not who you were wanting to talk to. And that's not my heart and passion. Yeah. Okay. I, at all. Yeah. At all. You, well, and good for you okay. for identifying right. that. So can I do that? Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. I can do that. Uh, however, it takes a lot more work. Okay. Sure. For, but oh, you get it done. But I can get it done. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a dictionary. I got the sources. You know, I can look up the big words and, sure. and, and replace my little words with the <laughs> yeah. big words. So, but here's the deal. Uh, but that was not my heart and passion at all. And so, uh, because I just felt like God was calling me to something different. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, and I think the proof's in the pudding. Yeah. You I know, so. I, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and I remember, oh, by the way, just as a footnote. Just as we're talking about education and yeah. stuff, and 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 how humbling it is to be as educated as I am, and nobody know it. <laughs> uh, I was leading a life group. Mm-hmm. Brian, who's in the life group, yeah. Uh, I hit. I handed out a, a document I had written years ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now he was Brian was a teacher. Yes. Also. Right. Yeah. And, so, and Brian, guy. at this Smart point, guy. Brian had been coming to the life group. Uh, probably over a year. Yeah. At this point, right? Faithfully, like every week. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, and so, and I'm leading the life group, right? And so I hand out this document. I had just, I had it on file, and I just printed it out. But at at that time, yeah, for whatever reason, at the end of this article I'd written, I had signed it, Doctor Jeff Stott. Mm-hmm. Okay, which I I I, I hardly ever use the right. title. Right. And uh. Anyway, Brian says, he says, uh, he looks at he says, is that true? <laughs> like, I love Brian. It's like, yeah, it's He's like, incredible. Is it, is, He's like, no, he, I, I lied. said, no, I went, yeah, so he said, he said, are you kidding me? Yeah. I said, no, I said, that's true. I said, I know I don't talk like it, nor look like it, nor act like it, but yeah, it's true. And so, uh, but my natural bent is, but you know, and, and I don't know why I'm talking about this, but when I, well, when I went to the it's conversations, dude. yeah, it's conversation. Yeah. Yeah. When I decided to, uh, way back when, I mean, even in college, yeah. I don't know what it is about me, but I just hate walking into pastor's offices and they got all their diplomas hanging on the wall. Right. I don't know why. I'm not saying that's a sin. I'm not right. saying it's wrong. But just for me, I thought, you know what? I, I'm not getting an education to hang it on the wall. I'm getting yep. an education to be able to use it in Absolutely. ministry in some way. And uh, so I have never plaqued, framed my diplomas at all and hung them on the wall. And I have them in a file <laughs> somewhere right you know and so uh well yeah i'm looking you know, around your office right now yeah there's not anything. and there, there is no nothing 
Nothing. No, yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, so, uh, but I, that's just me, and I think it has to do with what God has called me to do. Absolutely. You know, God has called me to what I would say is uh, the blue-collar world. You know what I'm saying? The, the you know, I mean, and, you know, I'm a white, my, my wife, and I, I, this is funny, I was talking the other day, and I said, Pam, I said, you know, I'm just a blue-collar guy. She said, no, you're not. I said, she said, I, she, I said what are you talking about? She said, you have an office. How'd that make you feel? <laughs> You're so you, a white collar guy, yeah. and I went, "Wait a minute!" <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> she said, "Think about what you do and how you do it in your life." And I went, "Oh wait, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you know, I am." A you're a white collar guy with a blue collar bent. Yes, yes, yeah. So anyway, uh, okay, back to stages of growth. My word. But anyway, uh, that's a little more about me. So congratulations for those who endured that. 10 minutes yeah. worth of uh, insight. Well, All I right. had a blast. Yeah, I'm sure you did. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right, right. So, uh, oh, I know how we got into that. It was the pastor <laughs> thing about pastors preaching. And they preach over the, and then, so here's the deal. Pastors out there, if you hear some people telling me, man, you just, they, he just preaches over my head. Yeah. Well, you have, a, you, you misidentified the spiritual um, stage of that group. Well, and, and, and so, you know, I also think, you know, uh, for for anybody that's listening, whether it's a pastor or not, we have to we have to stop and we have to think about okay, what are we trying to accomplish? You know, the whole the whole thing with the whole reason that we're having this conversation is because we want to make disciples. Right. Okay. So sometimes you make disciples through action. Sometimes you make disciples through conversation. All of those things. Right. Yeah. We need to keep in mind what we're doing and why we're doing it. So we have a couple of choices. We could talk about God in in the simplest terms or the most complicated terms. And if we're talking over the people that we're talking to, we're just talking for the sake of talking. And we've lost track of what our real purpose here is. So keep those things in mind. You know, like you you talk about, you know, I mean, you are a smart guy. Look, I've known you long enough. We've had enough conversations. You're an intellectual guy. Uh, Yes, do you have a Southern draw to you and all but i mean you're a very intellectual guy and you know a smart guy if you sat in here and talked over my head i'd sit for about five minutes and then you and i hey he's an all right guy but i'm gonna go over here and talk to somebody that better understands me you know and and really we have to keep in mind what we're trying to accomplish you know when when we're talking to folks well yeah and so you know paul says something about becoming um you know so what does he say becoming um all people to all people, something like that. I'm paraphrasing. There's yeah. a verse where he's talking about he, he he adapts himself in order to minister to people. Absolutely. No, no, he's not being phony. That's not what he's talking about. No, no, he's understanding he's, people. Uh, yeah, right. So and he's keeping first things first. Right. So I mean, when I'm talking, I'm I'm not being phony when I'm talking to Emma, my four year old. Right. Okay. Right. And in a in a way that she understands. I mean, you know, and I'm not being phony when I'm talking to my 32 year old. Right, you know, and y'all heard correctly. I, my oldest is thirty-two, my youngest is four, <laughs> yes. and so, so I mean, uh, I am telling you, that's just that's just being wise. I mean, yeah. you just you're understanding who you're talking to, absolutely, and um, you just have to adjust accordingly. Um, all right, a couple more insights on the big picture on how to apply this. All right, let's say you are. Let's talk about marriage. We've talked about family, but let's talk about marriage real quick. Okay, so at Genesis, we have several people and people who are listening, uh, you know, wherever they are listening from. In your church, in your family, whatever, look, there are people who are listening right now who are married and they 
or th- let's just say they are a spiritual parent. Right. I mean, they're they're mature. Mm-hmm. But they're married to a non-believer. Yeah. Okay. And they've been it's been that way for years, okay? And that non-believer has frustrated you to no end. And right. you have probably frustrated that non-believer to no end. Sure. Okay. And and I know I know couples that are this way. They uh, they are different spiritually. And so, but if you know where your spouse is, what stage they're in, well now that lets you know and gives you insight in on how to love them. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So, <clears throat> if you are a spiritual young adult, but you're married to a spiritual infant, well, you're both Christians. Okay. But, however, if you understand the spiritual young adult, if you understand the spiritual stages, again, it will help you understand why your spouse doesn't have a strong commitment to the word like you do. Well, and let's think about this too. If you are. <laughs> like a spiritual infant or a spiritual child, very self-centered. If you're able to identify that in yourself, you know, that can help you, you know, uh, when you're speaking to your spouse who may be further along, right. you know, that, that can help you identify the ways in which you're kind of self-centered in your own relationship. Right. So this, this is a two way street, uh, identifying your spouse helps you start where they're starting, right. but also identifying yourself and the areas in which you may be self-centered or weak also helps you to improve for your spouse. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's, it's a real, uh, yeah, it's a very useful tool within, within the household. It is. Um, so, all right. There is a broad picture of all these five stages of spiritual growth. All right. Sure. So I think we've laid a good foundation for the five kind of got the big picture you kind of see how they work in different environments. You know how you can yeah. use them, why they're why, why they're important for you, and how that impacts your relationship with others. Okay, so <clears throat> here's what we're gonna do. Okay, uh, we've been going for forty five minutes. Okay, believe it or not. Okay, so I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna stop here. Yeah, because. Uh, once we get into stage one, I mean that's a good twenty minutes, easy. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, so, you and I, twenty minutes minimum. Right. right yeah. <laughs> so what we'll do is we, this will be a good place to stop and pick up next time. And what we'll try to do next time is we'll try to do stage one and stage two. Okay. And we'll kind of uh, go through the stages because there are there are some ways. There's some there's some characteristics of each stage that you can look for, and we're going to talk about those. There's what's called the phrase from the stage. It's things you can list that they say certain things yeah. that give you an indication of where they're at. And, and by the way, here's how I know that my four-year-old's four. This is a phrase from the stage. Okay. I mean, there's probably other indicators yes, too. But here's the here's the most recent. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so each night, um, um, I, I put them in bed. Yeah. And then um, I'll go in there and I pray with I go I go pray with them right, and so my four year old Emma that's her name Emma, she uh, I'll come in there and she'll say uh, she says I want to pray first. I said okay, and she says I, I want to pray to you first. <laughs> pray to you first, right? I said what? Well, now this has been going on for about three weeks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> about this pray to you, and I said what well, you can pray for me, and right. I, then when she's done praying. For me, mm-hmm. then she says she wants to pray to Natalie. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. Now she doesn't pray to Natalie, right. but that's how she phrases it. Right. But one of the things that she has um, gotten, she wants me to pray for her about is because I started praying. I was, I was praying, Lord, I pray that she'll be a godly, that she grows up to be a godly woman. Mm-hmm. That's not, you know. And uh, sometimes I'll say godly girl, you know. And uh, now I know she doesn't know what that means, but I'm <laughs> right. not talking to her. But she's right. just hearing me pray, you yep. know, for her. That's that's really the most important thing. And so, um, but she'll but she corrected me the other day. And she said, no, I don't want to be a godly girl. I want to be a godly princess. <laughs> That's how she said it. Right. I said, you want to be a godly princess? I can pray for you. God, help her to be a godly princess. She said, no, I want to be a godly princess. <laughs> a lot of emphasis. Yeah. Prin- dragging it, right. it out. get it right, Dad. Yeah. So <laughs> if some reason, when I'm praying for a godly princess, <laughs> uh, I can't help but think of the princess bride because I feel like that's a scene in there somehow. Sure, you know, sure. If you've ever seen the princess bride. Yeah. And so, uh, but that's, uh, to me, I'm thinking, okay, she's four. <laughs> You know, and it's it's important for her to be a godly princess. Sure, sure. You know, and uh, and that's what's going to happen. We get in these stages. You're going to say, okay, I, now I understand why they say that. Now I understand why they believe that. Now I understand why they, you know, uh, can't see how that is selfish. Sure, you know sure. what I'm saying. Well, I, uh, you know, just give a quick story here. So I remember uh, my son Ethan. Uh, he's 15 now. He, he's been, you know, he, he's a great kid. He's, he's got a great sense of humor and all that. He's, he's a godly kid. He really is. I, I'm super proud of that kid. But, uh, when he was young, we were over at a local park here in town and they've got like an outdoor classroom there. And I don't remember how old he was, but, uh, I, I'll never forget one day we all, we were walking around the lake and we wanted to stop and rest. So he got up front and he was going to preach to us. Now, he used a couple words, like he said God a couple of times or whatever, but one of the things that I'll never forget in my whole life, and I don't, obviously he has no idea the impact he made on me, but he got up there and he got to, all right now, all right now, and dabbing his forehead and like shaking his... I'm doing this. Oh my word. One of the most incredible things, you know, and and at the time, I, you know, at that time when he was younger, I really wasn't, you know, and and I'm, I'm using air quotes into this God thing. You know, I mean, I was, I was pretty lost. Yeah. And, uh, but I, I thought that was incredible. And I look back on that now and just think, you know, that that's just where he was at. That's what he thought preaching was. That's what he thought God's word was, was just a lot of animation, (laughs) dabbing sweat from your head and growling a little bit in the back of your throat. It was incredible. (laughs) Yeah. I, I'm actually glad you brought up, uh, Emma, because that that made that memory pop in my head. That that was awesome. Yeah, you know, here's the deal. I am convinced. Okay, I don't know where I got this from, but uh, somewhere in my own spiritual growth, sure. Uh, they the some guy said he's and he's talked to a group of us. So I'm going to say it might, might sounds like it might have been in a class. Uh, this guy said, um, "God gives you." illustration and object lessons all around you all the time that demonstrate spiritual truth. You just got to be able to see it. Yes. You know, he says, he says, yes. So once he says, once you know the truth, you know, then the, 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 the object lessons are there. Sure. You know, the, Very vi- clear. the, the visual image is going to be there somewhere. Yeah. And so, uh, but if you think about it, God designed everything that way. Yeah. I mean, when you think about lifespan development, Mm-hmm. You know the how, I mean, 
He could have had, I mean, he could have designed us where we all died when we hit 50. Sure. 50th birthday, boom, it's over. Yeah. Some kind of little human quirk, which yeah. would have been normal to us. Right. That for some reason, that at 555, <laughs> when, I tur- when I turned 50, I would have died. You know what right, I'm saying? Because right. I was born at 555 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but, you know, no, all these stages illustrate something, and all the animals illustrate something. And, um, oh, and, okay, uh, we got a couple minutes here, and we're just kind of shooting the breeze, but this is good stuff, so don't tune out. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, oh, I don't know, pre COVID. Uh, there was a Christian school up north from here, yeah, yeah. and they asked me to uh, come in and speak at the chapel on a regular basis. Yeah, so um, and uh, so I created a series that I would go in. Uh, so I went in like once a month is what I did. Okay, okay. so I wasn't it wasn't like back to back to back. I would have preferred to say give me six weeks and let me do a series. Sure. Okay, but they like to spread out, you know, the speakers and stuff. So I'd go in once a month. So I would plan out the whole year. I'd say, okay, I'm going to be, uh, you know, I look at the calendar. Okay. Uh, three, I'll be speaking three times this, this semester, three times next semester. Right. So six times. So, uh, what I did was, and it's a rural community. Mm-hmm. So a lot of agriculture and farming and all that kind of stuff, you know, right. so I decided that what I would do is I would just, uh, every chapel time I spoke, I was going to just take a, an animal from the, from the Bible. What does it say about that? What do we learn from that animal? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I had all the images. You know, I'm a visual guy, at least yeah. in that environment. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, I did a, I did the dog, you know, which, mm-hmm. you know, dog turns to his vomit, you know. And, and since it was students, I'm looking for the gross verses. What did you say about vomit? Yeah. The, the Bible in Proverbs talks about a dog returns to his vomit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so there's a lesson there. <laughs> So, uh, and, and, and so anyway, that's awesome for young people. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. right. So you got dogs and snakes and you got, you know, your horses, you know, that kind of stuff, you know? And so you have your aunt, you know, that works all the time, you know? So you got all this stuff. And, um, and so, you know, when I, for me personally, as I was going through that and I'm talking to this, these students now, by the way, the chapel service, Mm -hmm. it's not like it's just high school. This is, no, this is difficult. By the way, the stages of growth. Yeah. Here's where it becomes difficult is when you realize you have multiple stages that's pretty much equal, you know, like percentage wise in a group, like age, if you talk about ages. Yeah. So here's what they did at that school. Everybody was at the, at the chapel service in the gym. Ah, yeah. We're talking first grade up to seniors. Mm-hmm. All right. So who was my target audience? Who do you think? When I was preparing to talk to this this group, who was my target audience? Generally, I mean, I would imagine like the spiritual infants and children. I went for I tar- you ready for this? I targeted the third graders. Absolutely. Okay, because here's the deal: I, if I talk to them, okay, if, for, if I talk to the first graders, I think that would be way too down. Sure. Okay, but uh, but if I talk to the third graders, show them pictures, they can do some, they can read some words, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. However, I thought I could keep it interesting enough if I talked to the third grader about these ants and dogs and horses and stuff, you know, um, uh, that the seniors would grab something out of it too. Well, and, and also the seniors were once third graders. Yeah, that's right. You know, so, yeah. so they, they've got a reference point. You yeah. know, a third grader's never been a senior. Right. You know, no. so this is all Greek to them. Yeah, right. You know, so. Yeah. So, and I, I would have illustrations that would, re- I mean, I would have application for the senior, you know, I'd throw that in there, of but course. also, the, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but the thing that grabbed me out of that, as I was even working on that for that group, was that uh, 
you know, that point of when you are a Bible teacher or where you're a parent wanting to help your child grow spiritually, God has all these things around us mm-hmm. that help us explain his truth. Yes. His wisdom. Yes. So that Do goes, we have the eyes to see it? Yeah. Because so go back to Deuteronomy 6 when it talks to parents about, you know, uh, you know, when you're teaching the Bible, it's not about having that family devotion at seven o'clock every night. Yep. It's about as you walk yes. along the path, when you get up, when you go to bed, when you go through life, yep. you know what I'm saying? Cause it, God's got it all there. And so, um, let the family devotions be more organic and natural rather than forced. I have got just recently. Okay. So my son, uh, he's 15, been looking for a vehicle for him, right? Now, I, I'm speaking to all the parents out there that are looking for vehicles for their kids these days. It's like you can't buy a decent vehicle for a decent price anymore. Everybody wants a million dollars for a 1990 Ford Escort. I mean, it, it's unbelievable, <laughs> Yeah. right? So I'm going through this process. We've got a certain amount budgeted you know, for his first vehicle, and I want to get him something that's going to be dependable and all that. So I'm kind of stressing about it. I'm stressing about it. I start looking. Well, uh, I just finally, I was like, look, at some point along this road, we'll find what we're looking for. God will provide. Mm-hmm. We'll find what we're looking for within our budget and all those things, right? So uh, by happenstance, I'm sitting out in front of my house talking to my neighbor. I was actually working on my wife's vehicle, talking to my neighbor. Um, and they've got a vehicle that's sitting over there that's been so well taken care of. Um, and I say, hey, you know, what are you guys going to do with that? This is just a casual conversation we're having. Well, the next day we ended up buying it for Ethan, right? So here was, here's what was cool. So we were excited about it and all that. Now, I had the opportunity to sit in my living room and say, hey, look, I knew God would provide. I, I just knew it. I didn't mm-hmm. know what it was going to look like. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any idea how he was going to provide. Mm-hmm. I have no clue. But I just had faith that it was going to. And so you talk about those organic moments where we can really point out the blessings and the power of God. Now, look, I understand that salvation, there, the things of God are much bigger than getting my son his first vehicle. I understand <laughs> that. But yeah. in life, the little tiny things that we think are not important at all that, yeah. man, God is constantly blessing us with big and little things. And it's very important that we have the eyes to see those and the voice to speak them as truth when they're in front of us, you know, yeah. it, it, it's, it's huge. <coughs> yes. Every day as we walk, as we live, you know, let's minister to our kids and let's minister to those around us, mm-hmm. even in the small things. Yeah. You know, well, I will say this, that when, okay. So your wife was over here the other day Yeah, and she was driving that thing. Yeah. And so we got to talking about it and, uh, and she told me a little bit behind the story mm-hmm. on that and I couldn't believe it. I couldn't I mean, either. I mean, I mean, it's okay. So here's the deal: it's older than my truck. Yes, but it's got less miles than my truck. Yes, and it is very nice. And it is a lot cheaper. Yes. than my truck. Yes, and so I'm thinking, I that I don't want to use the word miracle, but that was definitely a God. It was. It was provided. unbelievable. I just couldn't believe the. It, it was unbelievable. And now, I, I for the listener, I want everybody to know we paid a fair price. Yeah, you know. We paid a fair price for a very good vehicle. Right. And it was just, you know, it was, and I just, I had been stressing about this. And I finally said, okay, God, 
look, mm-hmm. I've got a million other things I'm trying to think about. Man, I need your help with this. Yeah. I just know, I don't know how it is you're going to provide. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, but I know it'll come eventually. Yeah. And it did. Yeah. It was in, it, but the whole reason for that is, is just, yeah, it, you know, and I made sure that when me and, and my wife and, and my son were sitting in the living room, I made sure to make that clear. Like, hey, look, this is something that I spoke, you know, I, I prayed about this, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and this prayer was answered. And, and it's like, man, I'm going to shout it from the rooftops. I was just so excited because I wasn't, so I was excited about the vehicle, but I'll be all honest with you. I was super excited to brag on God. Yeah. That's the honest truth. Oh, that's interesting. Like I was so, because getting my son his first vehicle. Yeah. That's important. It is. Not nearly as important as pointing out yeah. how gracious and wonderful God really is. That to me was the biggest lesson. The vehicle actually was secondary. Mm-hmm. That's 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 really uh the way I looked at this. And I'm just so happy, you know, God shows up at the perfect time and, and you know, it's just yeah, every day we need to have the eyes and the vision to see God's hand in the things that we're doing. Well, okay. Uh so Natalie, my seven year old. Yeah. All right. So she has some she struggles with some anxiety issues. Okay. Okay. And so uh when school started back up, she was struggling with some going back to school. Sure. And so she would, the night before, she'd start getting upset about having to go to school. Mm-hmm. And uh, not because anything bad happened, she's just got some kind of social anxiety thing yeah. going on. Okay? Yeah. And so, uh, and we're working on that. But anyway, yeah. so, uh, so first day of school, she cried. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Pretty, pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, at our household, we always have first day of school pictures. And then we redo them the second day or some other time because <laughs> one's not happy, right. one is happy. Okay, so uh, this has kind of been going on for well since kindergarten. Sure. So uh, anyway, uh, so Natalie, she is very aware of prayer, so she's always Natalie asked for prayer. Okay? Yeah. And man, that's awesome. Right. When she starts feeling nervous, she'll say, "Can you pray for me?" Oh, you're going to give me goosebumps if you don't quit. I know it. Yeah. So uh, so anyway, but knowing that she was having this anxiety thing, uh, I said, hey, let's, you know, so at night, you know, uh, I started, you know, praying, adding that. I said, Lord, just give her peace and, you know, help her be yeah. calm and help her have confidence and courage and, you know, be excited about school and all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, about day two or three, there wasn't any improvement. And so I was talking to Pam about this. Yeah. I said, I said, I'm, I'm finding myself getting disappointed with God on this. Yeah. He's got an opportunity to teach this little girl. Yes. And to connect prayer and him answering prayer. Yeah. Because this is one of these moments where we can pray about this day after day after day after day, but if she doesn't get any better, mm-hmm. I cannot say God answered your prayer, you know, for to a seven-year-old. To a seven-year-old. Eight, eight weeks later. Right. You know, oh, it, yeah. took, it took eight weeks for God to answer this thing. Right. And so I said, God, you're going to have to do something. Well, at least you were honest with God. Yeah, right. See, I love that part yeah, of it, too. Yeah, And so uh, and so Pam said, well, she said, when he answers, when he answers, you be sure and connect the dots yep. for, for, for Natalie. Yep. And I, I'm not, not making this up. <laughs> All right. So Pam and I had that conversation. Um, that, that day, this is like day, what did I say, day two or three. It was early yeah. in this process. 
uh, prayed again that night for Natalie. Prayed again. so on the way to school, she was starting to get nervous. I, you know, I said, "All right, you know, pray like that." Uh, so I pick her up later that that day, and she says, "I didn't cry at all," you know. And so I said, "Well, you know, it looks to me like God answered prayer." You know wow. that you know it's like bam. You know what I'm saying? Doesn't that feel great Ooh. when you could? Man, it's like God yeah. shows up and yeah. you could just point right at Him. Right. So now here's the deal. So now she still struggles, but not nearly as severe. Right. Okay. I mean, you know, she, you know, she's still human, and she like this morning she said, "Hey, could you pray for me? I'm feeling a little, you know, yeah, you know, about going to school." So yeah, but she didn't cry. I mean, it wasn't that kind of stuff. But but she's very. But see, here's the deal. I, I think she is now convinced. Hey, would you pray for me? Because she saw it work. Yes. She saw God work on that thing. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And so... And that's so much bigger. So much bigger. So it, It's so much bigger than going to school. Yeah. It's so much bigger than yeah. that. Yeah. So uh, uh, I like it when God does that kind of I thing. I love it. And oh, I uh, get super excited. Right. And uh, and then he does things like this. All right. So uh, in our household, uh, we'll wrap it up with this water heater story. Maybe. <laughs> Unless something else comes up, we're already an hour and four minutes. <laughs> oh, we got to cut it off, you know, because you know we're at the end forty-five of that. minutes. Yeah, so we, we, it's yeah. going to take twenty minutes to cover. We've already covered stage one. <laughs> so anyway, so anyway, uh, but this may be blessing people. They just need I to hear so. God at work. I, I don't know, so. you know. Yeah. And uh, here's the deal: I know there are some people who listen to these podcasts, and they've told me that they don't get to have these kind of conversations with people, mm-hmm. but they like hearing these conversations. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because yes. it seems real or something. I yes. Don't know. So anyway, <clears throat> all right. So at church Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and I'm just talking and uh, to a couple of guys. And we, I don't know how we got, I just mentioned my water heater went out and all we got is cold water. You know what I'm saying? Blah, blah, blah. And I said, uh, I've got to take a look at that. Now, I don't, I, here's, okay, I'm one of these guys. I know nothing <laughs> about mechanics or home repair. Sure. Okay. Uh, I can do your very, very basics. Now, some people are saying, well, water heater's basic. No, it's not. Right. So maybe anyway. basic for some. Yeah, but. right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I can like turn it on, turn it off. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I know plug what it, it, unplug it. Yeah, kind of what, thing. yeah. You know, I can light that little flame if I have to. Yeah. If, if it's one of those. But anyway, so uh, and I was talking about it, and it just happened to be one of the guys at church was standing there, who's yeah. never, hardly ever out there just hanging out. Mm-hmm. And he says, "Well, you know what?" He said. Um, he started talking to me about it, and the next thing I know, uh, make a long story short, he said, "I'll just come over and look at it." You know. Yeah. So, and he came over yesterday, and now Pam and I were going all day to St. Louis because of her uh, bone marrow transplant stuff, and so we were in St. Louis. I mean, literally for like twelve hours. We yeah. We're going twelve. We left at seven thirty. Got back seven seven thirty last night. So uh, it was one of those days. So anyway, but the guy he showed up. He came to the house, and he and he was and he was here. Yeah. From about eight. Till almost seven. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because he ran into a couple problems. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And anyway, here's the deal. In my mind, I thought, oh, I need a new water heater. He, his first, without even looking, he said, nah, it sounds to me like it's probably those elements in it. Yep. Yep. You know, he said, let me just go in there, pull them out, and I, you know, replace them, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah. they were all rusting. He had a problem getting them out. And then the yeah. drain took forever. And <laughs> I mean, he brought some stuff to do because he's part of a, a group I mean, where he's reading some books. He, he Actually, he, he enjoyed being down here in the basement. Yeah. Just reading and yeah. quietness because nobody was here except for yeah. uh, mother in law upstairs. So, anyway, um, so, but anyway, what I'm saying is, is that. Here's one of those divine deals where I'm thinking one thing, 
Mm-hmm. And God has. I, I didn't even ask, I didn't even pray to God on this one. Right. Right. You okay? Right. This is where God just provides because He loves people. You know what I'm saying? He's much bigger than the the necessity of us asking. Right. Sometimes He sees a need and just helps us yeah, out. That's right. So the guy, it gets better. Yeah. So the guy shows up, and uh, I mean, I'm not mentioning his name because I mean, he's that kind of guy. He doesn't. Yeah. He, he wouldn't want it. Uh, so it brought attention to it. So anyway, he shows up, he does the thing, he fixes it, all that kind of stuff. Of course, you know, nobody here in the house has had a shower in like <laughs> too, too long. Here's the deal. We, yeah, we don't need to discuss the details. Right. So, uh, you know, and, you know, anyway. Yeah, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, <clears throat> I say, so I'm on my way back from St. Louis. And so I call him up and say, hey, I said, you know, this, now this is about four o'clock. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, I say four, about 430. We're just now leaving St. Louis. Yeah. So, and um, so uh, I just called and say, hey, how's it going with the water here and blah, blah, blah. You know, he says, well, he said, I just left Ace Hardware. He said, I got, I had to get, I had the wrong part. Now I got the right one because mm-hmm. I wasn't pulled it out, blah, blah, blah. He said, I'm going to put it. And I said, well, we'll be home about seven. He said, well, I'm hoping to be done by then. Right. You know, and so I said, okay. And uh, I said, hey, man, just tell me how much everything costs. You know what I'm saying? I'll, I'll reimburse all that kind of stuff. He said, no. He said, I'll, he said, I'm paying for it. I didn't, I didn't pay a dollar. Yeah. I didn't pay a penny for this thing. Right. I mean, so let's add up the cost of the labor mm-hmm. and the cost of what, the parts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're, you're talking, this could have been some sure chunk of change here. Sure. And so, uh, but anyway, what I'm saying is that, again, not only does God provide object lessons, ants, Dogs, mm-hmm. all that stuff we've been talking about, but he also provides living object lessons. Yes, to remind us, you know, we are on his radar. Yes, there are people around. But but here's one thing I've learned though. I I'm convinced that for God to bless you, you need to make sure that you're in the right place to be blessed. Because here's the deal, that conversation happened at church. Yep. I'm around people who are spiritual young adults mm-hmm. who are servants. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. if you're just around a bunch of spiritual infants, they're probably not going to be thinking about coming over, spending all day working on your water heater. Sure. Sure. On their own, mm-hmm. you know, without being asked, you know what I'm right. saying? They're going to be, they're, they're probably going to be thinking, man, I got other things. I got to other do. things to do. Just call, just call a plumber. They'll take care of it for you. Yep, yep. You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, but I just thank God for people that grow spiritually so they can bless me, which sounds like a spiritual living right there because it's all about me. All right. So anyway, all right, let's wrap this thing up, man. It's uh, it's over an hour. Uh, All right. So next time we are going to take a look at the spiritually dead uh, stage and uh, also the spiritual infant stage because those are, they can be very similar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a thin line. There's a thin line, but a very important line between those two. And, and we'll talk about that and how that looks and uh, how to uh, identify yourself or others and how that impacts your ministry and how you serve others and people you live with and all that stuff. So anyway, until next time, um, uh, think about this. Share this if you can. And um, with others, if this has been a blessing to you, we'd appreciate it. Also, check out truthappliedjs.com. There's some good stuff there for you. Uh, until next time, God bless you guys. Thank you for listening. This has been Conversations. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to click subscribe and leave us a great review. And to find out more about Genesis Church, please visit www.genesisbegins.com.